chapter 3, verse number 1. Acts 3, beginning with verse number 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the ninth hour of prayer, being, or went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who seeing, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. I don't, I don't have specifically what you're asking for, but I do have something to give. You're looking for one thing, and I can't give you what you're looking for, but actually I can give you what you're looking for. You're, you're looking for one thing, but what I have to give is surpasses what you're actually asking for, such as I have, not such as John has, or not such as Jesus had, or not such that somebody else has, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Father, there is such a deep vein of the moving of your Spirit Lord, even beginning with our pre-service prayer, we were tapping into it. And throughout our worship this evening, Lord, this, is, this has been more one of those pouring out of ourselves times than necessarily the words of glorifying you and singing praises, even though, Lord, what we've been doing here tonight is just as much worship as so many other things we consider worship. God, I pray that whatever it is you're doing and trying to do in this place tonight, that it would be accomplished by the power of your Spirit, that your work would be done here tonight. God, we're not here to punch a clock and check a box, that we had service and did our duty, did our job, but we've come tonight because we trust and believe you have a work and a purpose, a plan. I pray that that would be done in this place tonight, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, God bless you. You may be seated. I, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but we are living in a crazy world. I don't know about you, but for so long I've thought that and said that, but when I said that, I meant it a long time about other countries, other 
continents. And then that craziness moves its way in more and more to this nation. But the crazy world that you and I are living in is not just L.A. and Chicago and Baltimore. and It's our backyard. Not sure if you noticed or not, but what's going on every place else is pretty much going on here. In case you missed the news on Friday, I believe it was Friday, at the Mission Barbecue off of uh, West Street. Not specifically at it, but that vicinity, there was shooting and three victims. A, the guy that, or I think it was a guy that did the shooting and the two people that were shot, they knew each other, they were acquaintances somehow, but that's... <laughs> I, I I go there, as most of you know, just about every Sunday. I don't normally go there with a concern for my safety. Also read the other day, and if you're on Facebook, if you don't follow, uh, I think it's Arundel First Alert. It's a really great resource of local information and news. And just a couple of days before that, on Admiral Cochran Drive, they just somehow randomly started investigating a guy. Turns out he's from Texas, and he had several loaded weapons in his car. No idea what he was planning to do. I haven't heard if there was an intent yet or what he had in mind, but that's that's our neighborhood. So can I tell you tonight, I'm thankful. If you didn't listen, if you weren't here last Sunday night and you haven't heard Brother Gaddy's message yet, you need to go hear that message. You need to not just have it on as background noise. You need to hear what God said to us because it was a very encouraging, inspiring word from God. But I, I, I've come tonight and we don't, we don't, as you know, if anybody ought to know, this group tonight ought to know, we don't plan services, we don't coordinate the, the you know and and uh, and and my wife you know she's she's still she's at home tonight struggling with a migraine I think she's probably watching so I'm still getting in trouble anyway but after all these years that she's been responsible for leading worship she you know she still gets a little anxious about it she actually said to me last night uh, she said uh, Nathaniel's uh, leading worship tonight, and this is kind of the direction he's kind of planning to go, is that, I said, as I normally do, I didn't say anything, actually. Because as I've said, and we've all experienced, sometimes God orchestrates it, that the worship and the message go hand in hand, it's almost the same thing. But then there's other times where uh, usually what happens is the worship is all wonderful and uplifting and exciting, and then I get up here and, you know, drop the hammer. <laughs> but as I, and I, I don't even, I'm going to just tell you up front, I've got some things, I've got some things I feel like God has given me, but I, you know, I know when you're giving a speech, you're supposed to know where you're going and all that stuff, but I, I'm not here to give a speech. I'm, I'm here to be a conduit 
to the best of my ability for the Spirit of the Lord to to flow through. And I believe there is something deep and significant that God is wanting to do in this place this evening. I'm thankful for all that He's doing. I'm, I'm thankful for what we have already been seeing, unprecedented things. And, and, and I, I got a, uh, I, I've gotten some communication back. A, uh, several of the pastors and the people that are participate regularly in the Wednesday morning prayer that I've referenced, they were at the prayer uh, on Thursday evening, and I've gotten some reports about our our worship at the end and just how uh, moved people were by our our, our spontaneous worship. The, uh, the those of you that were there, the lady that was presented at the end, the governor's citation—I forget what her official role was—but she was kind of higher up there. I crossed paths with her at the end of it, and she's talking about that young man that was up on there leading worship and. And 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 she said, and, and and I don't mean I'm going to say this. Forgive me for saying it. I'm just telling you. After 25 years of doing a bunch of this, I I don't get overly excited every time somebody says this. I used to get thrilled to death, but you know, I, she said I'm going to have to stop by there sometime. And court, come on, happy to have you, but I I'm not going to sit around every service holding my breath to see if you show up or not because. There's too many other things for God to do than just get locked in on one person. But there, there was some very positive feedback from from some of them, and and apparently I've been told that it was the in all of the years of them doing the prayer downtown Annapolis that th- Thursday night was the largest gathering that's happened and. Don't mean to be offensive, but if you looked around, if we had not have been there Thursday evening, there would not have been a whole lot of people. And so I'm, I'm thankful for what God is doing. I'm thankful for what we're seeing. I'm, I'm thankful for the testimonies we've already had, but I, I guess part of the burden I've come with, I guess part of what I think I feel for tonight is somehow this has got to be more than just a neat little thing that we enjoy participating in and it's it's cool to see God do some things and and it's neat when we have some testimonies there's got to be something inside of us that says this is live or die this is not a take it or leave it thing this is not if God does great things wonderful but if he doesn't then whatever there's got to be something inside of us that rises up and says God there is no other option there is no no other choice. We've got a world that is a mess and there is no other hope but you and you chose to use the church to work through. You and I are not called to be museum curators. We're not called to just protect and preserve Memories and, 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 and what's the word? I'm, what are trinkets? There's another word, I think, for in the museum, but artifacts. Yeah, we're not here to just dust off the artifacts of what God has done in the past. We're not here to just come week after week and just try to make sure we maintain what we have from our past. There is a crazy world out there that the only answer is Jesus Christ and God made up His mind that He's not going to do it by Himself, but He's looking for people to work through to do it.
I, I, I believe, and I've said this in different ways in the past, I believe there's a danger if we're not careful to over-reading, over-analyzing things in the Bible when there's not a lot of context given for them. And so I, I don't want to do that here this evening, but if I could try to safely draw a few things from these verses that I have just read to you, there's a couple of things that really stand out to me. I've heard these verses, you've heard these verses many times, but of course what we usually hear is the testimony of Peter and John and what they said and what they did and the lame man who got up running and leaping and praising God and, and then eventually they went into the temple. But but what kind of started stirring and getting a hold of me is, is kind of first of all, where was this guy positioned? On a regular basis, they put him at the entrance to the temple. Somebody, according to verse number 2, somebody laid him daily at the gate of the temple. I don't know how long he had been laid daily at the temple, but can we agree the implication is that this had been going on for a little while. I don't know if it had been going on for years and decades, but it does, it definitely seems to me, if you just kind of take it at face value, this had been going on a little while. And so what kind of struck me a few days ago is I wonder how many hundreds of people passed by him on a daily basis. But boy, they're going, we're on our way to the temple. We're heading to the temple. I'm gonna to go to the, t- why are you going to the temple? Well, I'm gonna go there so I can pray. It's a good thing. Why are you gonna, I'm gonna go there so I can have an inter- interaction and an encounter with God. I'm gonna go there so I can get something fresh from God. And in the meantime, I'm gonna pass by. I'm gonna go and leave past this man that is sitting there and, and all he's even asking for is just a little bit of money. I don't even know how long Peter and John or how many times. I don't know if this was their first time to do this. I I don't know. But finally, finally somebody recognizes, wait a minute. Before I go to the temple, there's some needs. And there's something I can do about it. There's something I have that I can give. It, it's not really what he thinks he wants. It's not what he's asking for. But I've got something that I can give. There's a whole bunch of people out there. They're asking for something. But the bottom line is they don't really know what they're asking for because they don't really understand what they need. God have mercy upon us that if we are faithful to go to the house of the Lord, service after service, week after week, month after after month, year after year, but we walk right by those that are on our way, that have no hope, that have no answer, that need something that only you and I have the ability by the grace of God to give. I, 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 I haven't come to be mean tonight, I haven't come to be unkind 
I guess it's part of my duty as a pastor. I have to say things or preach things, hopefully in the in the in in line with God and His will and His word and what He wants. But can I ask you, when are some of you going to make up your mind? You're going to really do this. When are some of you going to make up your mind? This is not just, well, I go to the temple, but I, I go there because I know I'm supposed to, and, and I go do my deal. In the meantime, you're going someplace where you're passing by somebody that you're going to where their answer is. And the sad thing is, you're going there, but they've got nobody to get them there. How many? I, I don't know. I, I would imagine, I can't find anything in Scripture that says it, but I would imagine hundreds of people, even if that was a matter of the same people over and over, hundreds of people had passed by him on the way to the temple. This, this, this thing we're a part of cannot just become some symbolic thing and we just we're doing it because we're we're the remnant that just knows we we should do this it's got to be more than that yesterday was a historic day it was a new king crowned in england Realize for us as Americans, it's not as big of a deal, but in the course of history, it's, it's, it's a big deal. England's been a very powerful nation. and There's a new king that was crowned yesterday. But you know what? I, I, I don't want to offend Sister Mott in any way here this evening. So, But, 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 but li- li- listen, listen to this. this. This is from the USA Today, and this was from last fall. USA Today says, centuries ago, British monarchs lorded over their lands far and wide with absolute control, often to the detriment of the empire's far-flung subjects. So what sort of power does a king or queen have in 2022? While the pomp and circumstance that are still associated with the monarchy remain impressive, from imposing palaces to shiny crowns, I, I didn't. I didn't wake up yesterday morning to watch the coronation. I, I was not. Sister Mott did. She had her tea and would you crumpets, biscuits? What'd you have, Sister Mott? But when I when I did get moving, I I, I I turned on. I turned it on a little bit, and when I turned it on, it was the part at which they had already gotten to the palace. And man, there's all these these. Guards, hundreds, if not thousands, marching in, and then they're getting ready for, for all this pomp. And, and I mean, it's it's impressive. Hundreds of hundreds of guards, uh, uh, the royal guard, I think they're called. There, and, and this guy yells out, "Man, you know that big furry hat they, those guys wear? I mean, like a couple hundred of them, all in unison, take that thing off and move it, and they're saluting and all this stuff, and 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 it's it, it's impressive." But listen to this. The reality is the role is largely ceremonial, experts say. That may in fact be increasingly the case as King Charles III takes over for his mother, Queen Elizabeth II, who died Thursday at age 96 and aims for what many royal watchers expect to be a more stripped-down monarchy. 
Another, another article says the monarchy, or monarchy, not just with Great Britain, but monarchy is the oldest form of government. It's the oldest form of government in the United Kingdom. In a monarchy, a king or queen is head of state. The British monarchy is known as a constitutional monarchy. This means that while the sovereign is head of state, the ability to make and pass legislation resides with an elected parliament. Although the sovereign no longer has a political or executive role, he or she continues to play an important part in the life of the nation. And then one other article says, In an absolute monarchy, a monarch's political power is, in theory, unlimited. In contrast, in a constitutional monarchy, the monarch's power and role in society are defined by law such that political power is shared with a state government. And in uh, 1688, the glorious revolution of 1688 is when the constitutional monarchy was put into place. I hate to say it, when I read to you what I just read, it makes me kind of think of the church. There's a king. There was a queen. Now there's a king. It's impressive. The pomp and the circumstance is impressive. But they don't have the power they used to have. They don't have the authority. They, that, that it's now shared. I'm afraid that's some of what's happened in the church. We still got some of the pomp and the circumstance. We, we still got some of the things we, we do and the impressive things. Well, we know how to come in here and worship and we should worship. We, we know how to do the things we should do and need to do, but we've given up some authority and we've given up some power out there and we're suffering the consequences of it. And I'm not here tonight to try to change the world, but I am here tonight preaching to a group of people that have been called by God to impact this area that we are in. Oh God, how many of us we are we are so and I'm this message tonight is not about coming to church. I'm not here tonight attacking coming to church. I I I I'm 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 there, there are so many problems in our world. There's some things I don't know why we want to attack. This, 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 my, my, my point here is not about coming to the temple, coming to church, and, and that we ought to, that, that's not, they, they needed to be going where they were going, they needed to be doing what they were doing, but they also needed to realize while I'm on my way there, I've got something, I, I have something to give. I, I, I don't want to embarrass her, and I hope this won't embarrass her, and I'm, going to be very vague some of you will know more of the de- I'm, but 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 sister sister Vilma has been coming for several months now sister Vilma about how long have you been coming august of last year since august of last year she started coming i would venture to say that during the time she has come i don't know if there's anybody In that amount of time, since then, I don't mean forever, I'm just talking about in that same amount of time, I don't know if there's anybody that's been responsible for as many guests coming during that, any one single person that's been as responsible for the number of guests coming that Sister Vilma has been responsible for. 
Yeah, yeah they, but, but the point, here, here's the point. She's been in some very challenging circumstances. I'm not about to tell her stuff up here, but she, she's been in, it, it, she would, it would be completely understandable if all she had done since she started coming was just come. There's not a person in this room tonight that's got a life that's full, that's problem free. There's not a person sitting here tonight that doesn't have some issues and problems going on. There's probably not an adult in this room tonight, at least a middle-aged adult, that doesn't have some kind of chronic pain in your body. If you don't, then don't go to bed and wake up tomorrow, because you might get a new one. But you know what? Apparently she's realized, I know where I need to go, and I'm going to go. But I also realize that while I'm going there, if I pass by somebody else that's in need, I'm not going to be so focused on going where I need to go and want to go that I don't take a moment and say, you know what, I need some stuff myself, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Second Chronicles chapter 6, I think it is, if I'm not mistaken. Second Chronicles 6, Solomon prays his dedicatorial prayer for the temple. So it's an awesome prayer. Actually, the, the first night we ever held anything in this sanctuary, when it was first, the demolition was been done and we were trying to gather. I, I felt led of the Lord. I read that prayer. It says, Lord, if it... The stranger out there, you know, if they turn towards this house and pray and whatever, he says, hear them. And he goes through all these things. It's, it's an awesome prayer. And then in chapter 7, verse 11 says this, Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house and all that came into Solomon's heart to make in the house of the Lord. And in his own house he prosperously effected And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard your prayer, and I've chosen this place for myself, to myself, for a house of sacrifice. These next couple of verses, many of you know, probably many of you could quote them, but if I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now watch this. This is is God's response to Solomon's prayer. Now mine eyes shall be open and my ears attent unto the prayer that is made in this place. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may, may be there forever. And mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. And as for thee, if thou wilt walk before me as David thy father walked, and do according to all that I have commanded thee, and shall observe my statutes and my judgments, then will I, then will I establish the throne of thy kingdom, according as I have covenant, covenanted with David thy father, saying, There shall not fail thee a man to be ruler in Israel, 
But if you turn away and forsake my statutes and my commandments, which I have set before you, and shall go and serve other gods and worship them, then I then will I pluck them up by the roots out of my land which I have given them. And this house which I have sanctified for my name will I cast out of my sight and will not, and will make it to be a proverb and a byword among all nations. And this house, which is high, which is beautiful, which is impressive, this this house shall be an astonishment to everyone that passeth by, so, so that he shall say, Why hath the Lord done thus unto this land and unto this house? And it shall be answered, Because they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them forth out of the land of Egypt, and laid hold on other gods, and worshipped them and served them. Therefore hath he brought all, his, all this evil upon them. Solomon, if, you're, if you'll do what I'm asking you, if you'll do what I'm wanting you to do, then I'm going to answer this prayer that you prayed. And this house that not only is glorious in the sense of what you built, it's going to be glorious in the sense of what I do here. But here's what's going to happen. You decide that you're not going to keep following me the way you should. You decide to serve other gods. Worship other gods. This house is going to become a byword. It's, it's going to lose its splendor. It's going to lose its glory. If I were to ask you this evening, do you, do you worship other gods? If I were to ask each one of you that question this evening, do you worship other gods? I would be absolutely shocked if one person in this place tonight said, yes, I worship other gods. What I would expect would actually be the contrary. We would adamantly deny, I don't worship other gods. I don't serve other gods. Because when we think of other gods, we think of idols. Like physical, literal idols. Or some of these other gods that other religions have. We, we, you, you, but you do understand there's, there's other gods we can worship besides an idol. Some of you worship the God of your time. Some of you worship the God of entertainment. I got to tell you, when you know more about the entertainment world, when you know more about the latest movie or the latest sitcom or the latest TV show, then you know about what this book says. You're worshiping another God. I, I, I shared this morning in the context of the message I shared this morning. My grandmother expressed just a couple of days ago. She's expressed it to me before, but freshly a few days ago, she said, 
She's ready to go. Whenever the Lord decides, she's ready to go. I realize she may be ready and at peace with going, but that don't mean I am. I mean with her going. <laughs> and uh, again, I said it this morning, I mean, Elizabeth's pregnant due in October, and it's it to have the potential of five generations in a, in a photo is... It's a pretty rare thing. And I and, and this morning I got done with, with service and my grandmother wasn't here this morning, got word that she apparently wasn't feeling real well, and so I left here immediately and went there and sat with her for a few minutes talking and walk in there and I I didn't look close enough, I snuck a picture of it, but sitting on her couch, there's a devotional book and another book she's reading about the Word of God, and 90, 93 years old, we were sitting there talking, and she said, every day I, I pray, she said, every day I put that Bible on my lap and I pray. And she said, every day I put that Bible on my head and I pray. I thought, hey, I tried that a couple months ago. Maybe that's where I somehow had. I put that Bible on. I'm sitting there knowing that for 93 minus 13, I think. So what's that, 80 years? living for God, decades of ministry involvement, preaching, evangelizing. And she's sitting there talking about still every day. I put that Bible on my head and I pray. I'm going to tell you something. If my grandmother needed to get that through the to do that to get through the world she got through, it wasn't as crazy as the world you and I are living in. Oh, you, you don't have an idol. You don't have a statue set up in your living room that you, well, some of you do. That screen. When you watch everything you watch without any kind of thought of how it contradicts the Word of God and principles of the Word of God, and you're worshiping other gods. When, 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 when money and, you, and the priority of your finances supersedes your family and ministry and church, you, you're worshiping other gods. Oh, Jesus. That was a great service last Sunday night, wasn't it? <laughs> strategic people. Hallelujah. How are we going to get those strategic people? We're going to get it by people that aren't just on their way to the temple focused on going to the temple. We're going to get strategic people when people are on their way to the temple and they know while I'm going there, when I pass by somebody that has a need, I have something to give. 
I'm, I'm not trying to be unkind, and I hope none of them watching, watching or ever hear what I'm about to say, but, but a little bit of the sense of what, I, I don't know about you, but, but I, I mean, I thought, I thought Thursday evening, and I thought the end, and what we did, that was great, I enjoyed it, I mean, that was, that was great, but I, I don't know about you, but we've been in more, I would say more powerful worship services, and yet people are standing around going, wow, this is, Wow. On one hand, I'm excited about that. But on the other hand, you and I, it's, it's just the norm. My point is, you've got something to give. You've got something to give. You've got something other people don't have. You, you've got an experience. You've got some prayers that have been answered. You've, you've got some things that God has done. Let's keep going to the house of the Lord. And I don't mean just here. Let's keep being focused and committed to those things. But let's also remember that we're passing by people that are in need of something. They don't really know again exactly what they think they're looking for one thing, but really there's something else that's crying out. You understand we're not doing this just for our own sake. We're not here tonight just for our own sake. As crazy as the world is, the reason it's not any crazier is because of the church. You believe that if you want to believe it. There's Bible, I believe, to prove that. You think it's crazy in this world, you ought to, you, you, it's not as near as crazy at what it would be if there was no church. The Bible says that, that, that he that, the, the, how's it go? The spirit of iniquity already works. Help me out, somebody. He that now letteth will let. What's that one? But there's something restraining. As crazy as it is out there, there's something restraining the power of God and, and the church. Oh, I, well, we do, are we having an effect? Yes, we are. Can we have a greater effect? I hope so. But we're not here just doing this so you and I can enjoy ourselves. There is a, there, there are Thousands of people within a couple of miles of here tonight that have no idea that I believe that there is a, there is a spiritual impact that goes out because what we do in this building doesn't just stay here in the spirit. There are things that can go out from this place and people won't even understand or realize where it's coming from. So it's not just about us. Let's listen to this. Three different places in the in the in, in, in Kings in the, the two books of Kings. First Kings fifteen and verse one. Now in the eighteenth year of Je- of King Jeroboam the son of Nebat reigned Abijam over Judah. Three years reigned he in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Maka the daughter of Abijam whoever. And he walked in all the sins of his father which he had done before him, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God as the heart of David his father was. This this guy was a terrible king. He rejected God. He did his own thing. But watch this nevertheless nevertheless for David's sake 
did the Lord his God give him a lamp in Jerusalem to set up his son after him and to establish Jerusalem because David did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord and turned not aside from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life save only in the matter of Uriah the Hittite 2 Kings 19.34 for I will defend this city to save it for mine own sake and for my servant David's sake 2 Kings 20 and 6 and I will add unto thy days 15 years and I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria and I will defend this city for my own sake and for my servant David's sake oh God let it be said in Anne Arundel County let it be said in the connecting counties that there's some things you're going to do for your name's sake But oh God, I pray that we would conduct ourselves in a way that not only would you say you're going to do it for your name's sake, but you would say I'm also going to do it for Antioch's sake. I've seen what they're doing. I've seen how they're living. I've seen their priorities. I've seen their passion. And so I'm going to do it for their sake. I can't prove this to you. Obviously, I don't have an evidence. But I don't believe that that guy was found the other day coincidentally. You can believe it if you want to. And of course, then you can go ahead. Well, why all the others? I don't know. I'm not God. All I know is when God decides to stop something, He can stop it. And if He chooses to let it happen, He's got a plan and He's got a purpose as well. But I wonder how many other things God would do in this area for His name's sake, but also for our sake, if you and I will do our part. I'm going to say again, there's there's not a person in this place tonight that doesn't have some kind of problem, challenge, issue in your life. It's the trick of the enemy to want us to get so inwardly focused. Oh, you know what? Whenever God fixes all this, I'm gonna I'll, I'll do something. Whenever God fixes all these problems and does all this, then I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna really get committed. Brother and sister favors, I, I apologize for this and I don't want to embarrass you guys or put you on the spot, but I, I don't know how much more committed you can be and to commit yourselves to giving your, your life to missions and all that entails. And, and, and they're, they're sitting out here since November, parked in a travel trailer with two precious children. If you've never ever been inside of one of those, it's not a whole lot of space. It's not a whole lot of space for two adults. Much less with children. You know, part of the reason they're here, most of you are somewhat aware by now, but Brother Favor's been suffering back problems for decades. Got so bad, they would. He would go out on outreach in Luxembourg, telling people about Jesus. Get back home, and all he could do was lay on the floor because of the excruciating pain. 
now they're sitting. But you, you know what's amazing? There, there's a few people through the years now since we've been on Realm that, that are some, whenever something's posted, they're one of the first ones to respond on Realm. You know who one of the latest first responders on Realm is? Brother Favors. My, my point of that is, they're not just sitting around here, well, you know what, God ought to be doing something for us, and, you know, because we, we, we're, we're just, we're, they, they've been, I, I, got a, I got a text from them the other day, hey, Pastor, I got, got a couple guys, want to know if I can get with them, want to spend some time, because that okay, absolutely go for it. At this point, they're here till August. How easy, how easy, I'm sorry, but how easy would it be for them to sit around and become bitter toward, what in the world, God, we've given our lives to you, we've, get, we've committed ourselves to the work of your kingdom, to going across the pond and ministering overseas, and this is, I've watched him. I don't remember the first several weeks or so, but I've, I've noticed now for weeks and weeks and weeks, One of the one of the best altar workers we got, Brother Sister Favors. I watched Brother Favors go. He's over here, got a hand on this person's head, and then going over there ministering this person. How easy to just sit and say, "Okay, God, I'm I'm waiting for you to give me what I need." But he realized I'm on my way to try to get what I need. But in the meantime, I've got something that I can distribute to somebody else. And I'm going to say it again. I've tried to say it a lot of times lately, but I'm not here tonight trying to preach a church growth message more than ever before. I've reached. I'm reaching the point. Say I'm 100% there, but I'm reaching the place more and more. God, if they never walk through these doors and become a part of this church, as long as they get what they need and as long as they find Bible salvation, that's all that matters. If we sow seed and we never see the results here, but God, we've got something to give. We've got something to give. We've got something to give. Oh, Jesus. My house is full. It's not full, but yeah, relatively speaking. Well, right, you're being, being harsh on us tonight. I, it, that's, I, I don't, I, and the craziness of this world, we can't do what we've always done the way we've always done it with the intensity of the craziness that's going on in our world today. Forgive me for saying it this way, but we got to step up our game. we got to step up our game. I don't, you know, I, 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 I've got it in my notes. I'm not going to take, I don't think I'm going to take time to read it. Go, go home and, and, and read uh, Isaiah chapter 65. And, and, and throughout God starts talking about all this, this, this judgment, if you will, that's coming. But in the midst of all of that judgment, he also talks about what he's going to do for his people, how he's going to help his people, how he's going to preserve his people. That's not just for us. That's for his people that become a part of his people. 
I said it this morning, I'm going to say it again this evening. For people that don't know Jesus, if they don't live in constant fear, they've got a problem. If they don't live with anxiety, they've got a problem. You say, well, don't you mean if they live with anxiety? They No, no. If you don't know Jesus and you don't have anxiety, you got a problem. Because that means you've got your head stuck in the sand somewhere. <laughs> because if you don't know Jesus and you're looking around at all that's going on in this world, you ought to be scared to, you ought to be anxious. But for those that know Him and have the hope and the confidence that He is in control, whether that's Him speaking to you audibly or that's Him just using circumstances to navigate your path. I remember not too long after 9-11 hearing some of the stories of some of the people that should have been in the towers that day. I remember correctly, I believe it was that situation. There was one guy who it wasn't in the Twin Towers that day because it was his turn to get donuts for the office. Just so happened to be his day to get donuts for the office. I don't think so. I think God was orchestrating the office calendar. That day, you're getting donuts because I'm in control people that miss because of sickness or whatever other reasons. Yeah, there were people in that ta- those towers that day and at the Pentagon that were believers that trusted God and died. But again, that's said it this morning, Paul said, for me to live is Christ. But to die is gain. I, 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 don't, I don't know how I'm going to finish the rest of this or I don't even know what the rest of this to finish is I was going to at prayer group I'm in on Wednesdays a couple of months back one of the guys had brought a cop several copies of a book and overheard the copy and I went and started listening to it on audio books you see I've said this for years now. I'm not, I'm not interested in us organizing another outreach program. I'm not interested in it. We've, we've proven in the last 15, 20 years or so, 15 years or so, we've proven... We can do, Brother Middleton, we can do as good of a block party as any other church can. We know how to do it. We know how to do giveaways. We know how to do programs. We know how to have, con- we know how to, do- we've done it, and we've done it well. I, I read the book of Acts. I don't, I don't find block parties and. I don't find giving away stuff to get people to come to church. What I find is believers living this thing out on a daily basis. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers. There is no... Don't, 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 don't shoot me over this one. 
let me finish. And those things that it says they did continually or steadfastly, there is no mention of outreach. There is no mention of evangelism. But you read on and it says, And the Lord added to the church day. We do all these programs and we do good if we can get them to add somebody monthly. They were living this thing out. They were living it out on a daily basis. And the result was the Lord added daily such as should be saved. That's why this book was mentioned and the title of it is The Simplest Way to Change the World. I listened to it. I was greatly challenged by it. Talked to my wife about it and made up our minds. We were going to begin to try to implement it in some ways in our in our lives. And a tree fell on our house. The subtitle is Biblical Hospitality as a Way of Life. Do you know, have you ever, I know most of you have heard it. You ever heard, have you ever read some of the requirements of what it is, what it requires to be a bishop? The requirements of being a bishop is, there's several things in there. But I, I don't, education's not really one of them. Husband of one wife, rule your own house well. But a requirement for being a bishop is to be given to hospitality. I'm going to tell you folks, I know, I think most of you know it and hopefully you believe it. Technology can never replace physical coming together. I'm not talking right now really about church. I thank God. I guess I thank God. I do. I thank God for Zoom. And in the last three years, I've learned to use it in a variety of ways, and I will continue using it. Technology is our way of connecting. People are still hungry and desperate for physical, face-to-face, human interaction. So I, I, I had Elizabeth order some copies of this, and to be honest with you, my plan was I was just going to, I didn't know when, I was just going to stick them in the back on the table and sell them, but I'm going to do this tonight. I have ten copies. If you're willing to let the Lord deal with you about your home becoming a place of hospitality for whoever, whoever the Lord leads, it may be neighbors, it may be co-workers, it may be strangers. I got 10 copies. I'm getting ready to set them out here. Don't 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 come grab one just because they're out here. Don't come grab one so we can see you come grab one. 
But if you're willing to read, and, and from what I recall, there, there's, I don't recall anything that jumped out at me doctrinally wise that not saying that every single thing in this book is exactly the way, but the principles of what's here. And again, I mean it sincerely. After listening, I was deeply challenged and communicated with my wife. We're going to make some efforts to implement this in our, in our home. If you're willing, it's got some foundational principles and it's got some really great practical application pointers for the way of using hospitality your home your your place of dwelling to impact lives people must be born again of the water and of the spirit to get to heaven can I get an amen You must be born again of the water and of the Spirit to get to heaven. But it's not your job and my job to try to force everybody the moment we meet them for them to get born again. Sometimes we just need to love on them. Sometimes we just need to allow the Spirit of God to flow through us to let them know. Because the more they see and the more they feel, the more they're going to, the more they're going to want to know what is it that's different about you. What is it that I feel when I walk? There's something in your home that's different than what I have in my home. There, there's a peace in your home that I. Uh, that there's some doors that'll open up if you'll just let Jesus love through you. I want you to stand, and, and, and the books are gone. If you want to get one online and you didn't miss, you missed the title. I'll tell you, but I wonder in the vein of the spirit of worship here tonight and what I've tried to convey, I don't know how well I've done it, but what I feel like the Lord has given me, I wonder how many of you tonight are just willing. I know most of you have already done this. I know a bunch of you have done this dozens of times, but how many of you would just be willing to join me one more time this evening to come down to this altar and present yourself to the Lord and as we've already sung Lord I'm available Lord I don't want to just keep passing by the lame man on my way to the temple I don't want to just keep going to the temple to fulfill my obligation as I pass by those who are in need. But God, I truly want to learn to take what I have, such as I have, such as I have, give I thee. Oh God, we want a full house here. God, I pray that we would have a full house here. But I pray that it wouldn't be a full house and empty fields. Oh God, don't let this be a full house but empty fields. God, I thank you for every word you've given us over the course of the last couple of months. The word of doing unprecedented things. I thank you for the word, Brother Gaddy spoke last Sunday night that you were going to give us strategic people. But God, that's going to happen by us being fully engaged. That's going to happen, God, by us being fully engaged. 
Come on, there's been a deep move of the Holy Ghost from the beginning. And as I've already said, that wasn't pre-planned. That wasn't orchestrated. That's just what the Holy Ghost established for tonight. Would you let it happen in you? Would you let it happen in you? Oh God, we want to keep being faithful to our spiritual obligations. We want to keep doing those things faithfully that we need to do. But God, don't let us do them at the expense of passing by those that are in need of help, that are looking for an answer. Such as I have such as I have such as I have give I unto thee oh We're available, Lord. We're available, Lord. We're available, Lord. We want to keep receiving from you. We want to keep getting the things from you that we need, but we don't want that to be the focus of everything we do. Oh, God, you're so good. You do such wonderful things for us, and we want to keep receiving. But we don't want to keep receiving and not give it away. Even if our circumstances don't seem to be conducive, even if our circumstances are not easy or convenient, God, we want to give what we have. We want to give what we have. Such as I have. Such as I have, such as I have. The enemy wants you to think you don't really have much. The enemy wants you to think you don't really have much to give. That's because he knows that what you have is greater than what most people have. He wants you to feel like you don't have much to give because he knows actually how powerful what you have to give is. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh God. 
God, we acknowledge tonight our lives are not our own. Our lives are not our own. They belong to you. We give ourselves to you tonight. Lord, I know most of us have done it before, but all over again tonight, we give ourselves to you. I know we've presented ourselves in the past, but once again tonight, Father, we present ourselves to you as living sacrifices holy, acceptable unto you as our reasonable service, Lord. Such as I have, I give. Lord, such as I have, I give. Such as I have, I give. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
life is not my own to you I belong I give myself I give myself to you my life is not my own to you I belong I give myself I give myself to you my life is not my own to you I belong I give myself I give myself to you my life is not my own to you I belong I give myself I give myself to you I give myself away I give myself away so you can use me I give myself I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God.
you, Lord. God bless you. If you're possibly still praying, you feel to continue, so be it. Otherwise, whenever you're ready, you're dismissed. In Jesus' name.